I'm Nicole Tamron. I'm a watercolor artist and introvert who ironically loves to talk shop. One thing I know is that no matter where we are in our creative journeys, we all have something to teach as well as room to learn because there's no one singular path when it comes to doing art. And hearing the stories of others are truly what allow us to get out there and tell our own. Join me as I reconnect with industry friends for real talk about art, business, and all the life that happens in between. So I got into a conversation with a friend of mine this week about style, and this specifically was about the licensing market. And what do you do with an artist who has all the ingredients? They have the technique, they have the drive, they have the passion, they have the interest. They've been looking at the industry for a while, trying to make headway in the industry for a while, but something's off. And what that something is, is really hard to put a finger on. Because again, when the ingredients are there, why is not it not hitting when someone else with those same set of things is having more success? And that's where it gets really, really tricky. Because with art licensing, you're looking a lot oftentimes, as we do when we learn, at what's successful. And where this can come into play is what type of art has been successful on products previously? What type of art is a manufacturer gravitating towards? And all of this, I would say, is really in the realm of research. It's what I look at when I'm kind of looking around and seeing where I want to place my work as I'm looking at those same items. So why is it when looking at all those items, would you have trouble getting traction? Because after all, isn't that what we're supposed to do? And it really boils down to this idea of finding your own unique voice and perspective. And I really think that in an age where we really truly are bombarded with so many visuals and we are almost having access to too much information, we lose our footing in terms of the parts that we bring to this process. And I say this on multiple perspectives, but one of the things that was really, I think, a happy accident for me is I ran out of things to look at and I ran out of things to research. And specifically, I was under the impression that no one really did traditional artwork in licensing because it's not what I was seeing. Now, being a traditional watercolorist myself, I didn't really have another option because it's not what I did. And, you know, I think about the number of traditional artists I see questioning if they should learn Illustrator, and I just want to yell, no, <laughs> no, don't, don't learn Illustrator. It's not that it's a bad program or that you wouldn't enhance your overall knowledge by learning a computer program that is absolutely an industry standard. However, you have to look at the parts and pieces of technique, of programs, of particular manufacturers that actually fit you, not the other way around. And I feel like there's a desire to get your work into a particular place. And how would we even know what that place is without looking around? 
But then we actually second guess the parts that make our process or our artwork truly our own. And the difficulty with this, again, thinking about the licensing market, is that artwork that you're seeing on product, it's already been done. And that's not to say that we don't do the same themes over and over and over again in licensing. We do. But the reason that they're different is that they're that half step to the left, or they are a new artist take on that same theme. It's not a rehashing of an existing collection that you've seen. Now, I've had the unfortunate circumstance where somebody had looked too closely at what I was doing. And I'm not a person that really thinks anyone's looking at me. But then when you have it happen, it's a really, really terrible feeling. Because although it's not copying, I would never say it is copying. It is almost like reverse engineering what I do and then doing that where you've painted the icons and you've painted the parts and pieces, but it's the same fonts, it's the same arrangements, it's the same color palette, and you see it and it's it's your it feels like your work, only it's not. It's very off-putting. And because of this, what's really hard is, is it copyright infringement? Not really. But is it infringing or encroaching on a very particular style that I have had for years? Yes. And licensing is a really small market when it comes down to it. And so it's kind of just bad form if you think about it that way. But it's also not productive because what happens is if you're looking at artwork that's already been placed, it's already been placed and it was seen two, possibly three years ago. What manufacturers are really looking for is the next gen of whatever that is. And this is where new perspectives are not only needed, but they are highly sought after. So it's hard because there's a balance. There's a balance of wanting to get into companies and to get your artwork on that product. And believe me, I understand the first thing you would do is take a look at what that product is. But reverse engineering someone else's process doesn't actually help you because the problem is they have been at that company longer. They've been doing that style already. So the manufacturer technically already has a person to go to for it. And I've had to run into this time and time again because I am new to this industry. There are people who have been doing this far longer than me. And if I'm in an environment where people who are in my same lane and that's not to say your same style, but your same lane, you have to figure out a different way. And I will tell you specifically a story where I was newer to working with quite a few manufacturers. And when I came into this industry, I did a lot of watercolor floral. I came from the greeting card market. This was a huge, huge staple in my my whole portfolio. And it's not that the art was bad, and it's not that the art wasn't needed or wanted, but the slot was filled by artists who are way more experienced than I was, who had a much longer, not only relationship, but sales history, 
what's more important, a proof of sales history. And so I had to find a side door. In fact, that is ultimately where lettering came from, in addition to some other just, you know, happenstance things. But lettering became a thing I did quite frequently because those other artists, those other artists that were in that watercolor floral lane, weren't doing that. And that's what's so important about art licensing. It's not so much about replication of what's happening. It's understanding how you can show up and solve a need that's not already being fulfilled by someone who's just as hardworking, but possibly has just been there longer. Manufacturers go with ease. If someone has had a relationship with a certain company for years, it's much easier for them to just stay that course. They don't have to get to know a new person. They don't have to figure out a new contract. So it's really not in your favor to replicate things that you see that are out there. There will always be a market for the same style of work. It's not that there isn't. But if you want to have a lasting impression with a manufacturer and you want to really see a way to get your art in somewhere and forge your own way, you you have to kind of look outside of that. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I can say is start looking outside of your industry. And I say that for anybody, whether you're a children's illustrator, whether you are a fine art painter, the best thing you can do is stop looking at those who are also in your industry. And it's hard to do that because we want to know that we are on target. We want to replicate things and people and styles that we see as successful. But if we don't interject parts of our working style, our perspectives, then it really truly is more of the same. And one difficulty I am seeing is with the online class market, what a gift, first of all, because it's really shortening the process of not knowing anything, which is I definitely was there, to getting functional in a marketplace. But one thing that I see is a little bit of a concern with that market is it's a very limited view of what type of art would be considered successful. What type of palettes, what type of styling, what type of products even that are available to put that artwork on. And so you have a high concentration of people all hitting at the same target. And this is why it's so important to get out of your studio, get out of your head, get off the internet, and take a look at all the other ways that people are coming to conclusions kind of around these same themes. I know for me, one of my big kind of wormholes and guilty pleasures is Pinterest. I know a lot of us use it, but for me, Pinterest isn't so much looking at other artwork, it's about crafting space. Now, I've worked for an interior design firm. I used to be a 3D person coming from the world of industrial design. Like, I think I kind of think in that capacity. So for me, when I'm starting with a theme, I get into, I like to call like visual bombardment. And I just do giant image dumps. I am looking for anything from food to drink. I'm looking at the type of place that these themes might sit in, 
what does the house look like? What does the customer look like? What are some of those bits and pieces? Is it at a dinner event? Is it an afternoon pool party? What are all of those different pieces that go into that one core theme and then just bombard my senses with anything that relates? And I don't know if you've had this kind of challenge from a professor ever or just somewhere in school. Sometimes it's done for writing, sometimes it's done for sketching, but it's that idea of a mind map and every single kind of half idea that you have surrounding this very core topic leads you to five to 10 other new ideas. And then you explore each of those ideas and that gives you five or 10 other options from there. And what happens is, is it has again, the same core, but it has a lot more variation in it. And so where I will end up for a collection is going to be very, very different than a friend of mine's. And because we are all working with these universal themes, I even know when we're working on the same call from a manufacturer. I mean, when you see people's sketches or painting and I'm like, yep, nope, I'm working on that too. But the difference is, the way that we both will approach that is just so different. Now, part of that's just having your own, again, your own perspective on that topic, but also it's kind of like you're mixing up a new formula. So again, those Pinterest boards for me, dumping tons and tons and tons and tons of visuals in my brain. And then what's really funny is I never even go look at them again. I'll get them and then I, I don't even look when it's time to go do sketches because it's not about replicating something that's already out there. It's about almost engulfing your way into a world so that you can come out with the thing that made it unique to you. And so if you think about this as terms of a kind of like a margarita shaker, you're going to take different parts from fashion, from color palettes, from different parts of art or maybe an image that you saw, and you're going to pair that with maybe something that you experienced out physically or with your own camera. And then there's all the other parts that are just things that you like or a palette coloration. Who knows what it is? Maybe you're pairing it. Maybe it's supposed to be succulents and you end up pairing it with ice cream. I have no idea. But the point is to mix up what you're seeing out there as successful with your own little icons and themes and colors and basically just your approach. Because what will come out will still hit that market. It's just going to hit that market with a slightly different perspective. And that's genuinely what manufacturers are looking for. They're not looking for the identical thing to be placed in front of them. And if you're unable to get to the point where you feel like you really know what your perspective is, that may be why you're having trouble with traction. There's only so much you can do by looking at other artists. And I don't mean that to say that we don't take our hands off our own papers and, and look around every once in a while. And I think that I have friends in this industry who I just adore and respect the heck out of. And sometimes we have a similar perspective. But the way that we come across and the way that we do it and the way that we style it is really, really different. And that's why it never feels like it's competition. And sometimes this idea of perspective might sound like it 
crosses over with having a style. And I think it's one of those, maybe it's a potato potato situation. But for me, my perspective is sort of the same. The style actually can shift and be different. And I learned that really coming in with, I think, kind of more than one style. And I didn't actually think that they were more than one style, but apparently other people saw them as that. But I do. I guess when I look at it now, my my portfolio more recently has gotten more into by more and more diverse, actually. But I always look at it as it has a couple key components. So I have my more whimsical look. I have this lettering look, which even within lettering, I have a more sophisticated and a more whimsical. I have my more traditional. And the reality is, regardless of the style I am working in, there is a commonality of perspective. And I think that the way I look at perspective is it's all the things that make you up. It's almost like your personality. So your art can have a certain look to it, but you still have that core personality. You can wear a different shirt, but your personality is still intrinsic to the way you put it together. And I think that's how I look at perspective. And perspective to me is far more important to find than style ever will be. So if you're dead set on approaching this very saturated market, like I was, and you are being told that there's just no room, as I was, the thing is, is it's always been saturated. There's always going to be more people. There's always going to be, you know, the, the projects that everyone wants and a thousand artists looking to get them. But that doesn't take you out of the game. It just means that you really have to get really, really honest with yourself about what you're making. And I think sometimes it's really difficult to do that when you have to almost call yourself out and you have to say, really, I, I'm looking too close. I've gotten into those wormholes before where I just feel like I'm just looking too close. And that's when you just got to separate out. And it, it's it really, truly, I think I had a whole complete blessing by the fact that I just had to show up when I got to this industry in the ways that I was because I I say it all the time, I just didn't know better. And thank God, when you don't know better, you have an opportunity to make something that is uniquely yours. And specifically with licensing, you know, there's a comment that some people have heard where something was said that it was not licensable. Having art that's not licensable in no way means that you have bad art. It just means that it is not meriting a licensing fee. Licensing at its core is about bringing something unique to the table that the manufacturers either don't come up with on their own, don't have the manpower to come up with on their own, that they do not have available to them as something that they can create or purchase in a different way. So Again, the idea of licensing is not to say that it's to devalue other forms of art. In fact, I feel like the word licensing has just been a little bit of a buzzword for art for product. And is it art for product? Of course it is, but there's just so many other avenues that art for product can take 
that's not the quote licensing market. And again, if licensing is really at the core where you see yourself as I do, it's okay if perspective takes time to develop. It's okay if style takes time to develop. I know I'm still watching my style develop and I've been doing it for a while, but it still changes. That's just being a creative. All in all, there's just so many ways to make our creative talents work for us. It's all about finding your fit. And even if it's the licensing market and you're having trouble with that traction that I was talking about earlier, sometimes it's just not having the right art at the right time. How many times have you heard that? How many times have I heard that? How many times have I shown the same type of artwork to the same manufacturers for years and have had no traction? And then all of a sudden that ball starts to move. So persistence, perspective, These things are what I personally have always looked to as what has helped me. And I hope that some of these tips will help you. I'm so glad you were able to join for today's chat. If you have a friend that you think would also enjoy some industry chatter and conversations about surface design, art licensing, as well as hearing from other creative business owners, please share this with them. At the end of the day, creativity, it takes community. I'm Nicole Tamron, and I look forward to reconnecting with you soon.